National's plans to evict unruly Kayanga order tenants will just see more people living in cars and substandard lodges, according to one policy analyst. The party says there is deep community frustration with Kayanga order's unwillingness to enforce the law and evict antisocial tenants who make their neighbours' lives a misery. And if in government, it will direct the agency to remove repeat offenders. National says it will also tighten the eligibility criteria for emergency motels so that only people genuinely in need can access a grant. Its goal is to eradicate large-scale use of motels as social housing in its first term if elected, and it plans to build more social houses in partnership with community housing providers. Child Poverty Action Group housing spokesperson Alan Johnson joins us now. Hi, Alan. Oh, hi, Lisa. So, when you kick someone out of a Kayanga order home, where do they go? Well, that's the, that's the big question, isn't it? And I think it's one of the reasons the government has been reluctant to actually um, pursue a sort of get-tough policy because the reality is that all you're doing is making someone's situation worse, albeit because of, perhaps because of their behaviour. But in particular, of course, if they've got children or, or dependents in, in the household, then making their situation worse too through no fault of their own. What do you think will happen to them if that policy is implemented? Look, I, I, I expect that they will get tougher, but I don't think they, they'll, they'll be as tough as they're perhaps um, um, saying they will be because I think the reality of what happens to people uh, is apparent right at the start. And, and maybe that will work in a way that actually discourages some people uh, from, from this poor behaviour. But um, it's certainly the case that the government has been fairly liberal in terms of the way it, it doesn't um, you know, evict tenants um, and maybe a slightly tougher policy might change some of the behaviour but I don't think so. I think the people who who are at the core of the problems that Mr Luxton is referring to probably have a whole lot of other problems in their lives and this, this is something that's just a symptom of something else albeit that, that um, you know, they could behave a whole lot better towards their neighbours than perhaps they are. And I suppose that's the problem, isn't it? Because it does affect other people. The figure's mm. been quoted as 10,000 complaints in 14 months to July 2023. Mm-hmm. Only two evictions. I mean, if you're living next <coughs> to um, an unruly neighbour, it can make your life an absolute misery. It can do. And um, clearly, often, for example, people are probably unlikely to complain because you have to get on with that neighbour after the complaint. And perhaps you're fearful of what they might do in retaliation. But I think it'd be useful to know exactly how many people that ten, those 10,000 complaints relate to, because I expect um, we're, we're only seeing a small proportion of, of kind of order tenants actually in this problem group of so-called antisocial behaviour. And, and, you know, when you think about the 65,000 tenancies in kind of order, um, most likely we're only talking about one or 2,000 um, tenants, tenants are actually causing all this trouble. And I think part of, part of what they, we need to do, and I think the government's probably doing a good job at the moment is trying to work with those tenants just to, to change their aberrant behaviour and, and, getting, and get, um, getting them to behave. Well, how do you teach a person to be a good neighbour? Well, you know, there's certain behaviours that, that you can hold in check and some people learn the hard way and some people learn the easy way. The, you know, the government has worked hard at sustaining tenancies and trying to ensure that people don't go from a bad situation to a worse one by being evicted. Um, but, you know, sometimes people just have to... Um, you know, have have to have to be reminded that, you know, their tenants have rights as well. And I think sometimes, you know, some people, and and I don't know how many, but some people just um, really don't care about about those those other rights. 
So should they be evicted, those people who don't care and don't modify their behaviour? Look, if they've got children uh, with them, they can't really be evicted. There's no point in, in sending a child to go and live in a garage or in, in, in a, in a um, boarding house or in a, um, in a car somewhere. You know, you and I both know what the consequences of that, that is. And so the reality is that you just have to work as hard as you can with, with, the, with the parents and caregivers to, to, to make certain that they know what the limits of their behaviour is. I so mean, should that be that... the exception on their policy? Should they actually say, if this kid's involved, that, well, the kids need to remain housed in a kind of property? They do need property. to remain housed. They do yeah. need to remain housed. I don't think anyone would suggest that children should be party to an eviction for the simple reason that one or, one or other of their caregivers can, can't can't behave. Um, but the problem really is that you know the, the next step, for example, is to then start to look at, at what that what those parents are doing with those children, and and you know you know getting the intervention in place of things like. Um, Oranga Tamariki it might be useful um, as a, as a way of making certain those children are safe. Alan, one of the other main planks of their policy is 4,000 families are in emergency motel accommodation. Yes. That was a figure from about mid this year, right? 3,500 kids uh, mm-hmm. um, among those 4,000 families. National wants to change the criteria so that only those genuinely in need can access grants. So, I mean, how many of those 4,000 families do you think aren't genuinely needing a roof over their head? Oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to understand um, that there would be any that that generally don't have a need. Um, you know, it's easy to, to sort of get into you know um, hypothetical sort of scenarios that says, well, these people who uh, aren't in need. Well, the question you've got to ask is, why are they there? Um, you know, the, the people in, in at um, Ministry of Social Development, for example, don't actually just let people on the list for, for no reason. They have to have an established and, and verifiable need, um, and. And, and for a lot of people, that means ultimately that they end up in this transitional housing, which is no place. I mean, if you think if you think it's a honeymoon or, or a holiday, then you probably need to go and spend sort of a week or so in these places to know that they are the, the, the housing of last resort. So if people are, are, are living there, then they haven't got a lot of other choices. And so I think there's an overstatement of, of this, this idea that somehow people are gaming it and getting access to entitlements that they shouldn't have. Alan, you've worked in community housing with community housing providers. The goal of the National Party is to end heavy reliance on motels within its first term of government, so within three years. Is that realistic in your view? Look, if if the if a national government continues to make the progress that the Labor government has in terms of starting to build additional social and and community houses, then there is it's feasible that they could get through that three and a half or four thousand uh, households in, in transitional housing. The reality is that the government has, has been slow in, in in getting the build numbers up, and if the National Party continues with that momentum, I think they can. But there's a real problem, and in our research. Identified is, is that the uh, that the supply of affordable rental housing isn't keeping pace with the population growth. So that's the thing that's generating this demand for, for transitional housing, and the fact that we really are stuck with about twenty five thousand people on the social housing waiting list. Appreciate your time, Alan. That's Alan Johnson, who is housing spokesperson for Child Poverty Action.